What's up guys, welcome back to Planting the Seed podcast. So today I sat down with one of my team members, Grace. Now she's an awesome girl, she's got a background of performing arts, gymnastics and many other talents that lend her very well to the topics of calisthenics coaching and life coaching. So she works with me very closely inside my coaching business, um, both to deliver mindset coaching and life coaching, and also to assist with the calisthenics coaching we run. So we offer both of those services. But in this conversation today, what we spoke about was Grace's personal background in performing arts, having trained to be a dancer, an actress, and a singer, how that really does relate to your confidence in life obviously then how that's brought her to calisthenics and everything else that she's doing now it's a very insightful conversation really interesting and i'm going to get straight into it now guys so i hope you enjoy it i basically started off as a gymnast my whole life very heavy gymnastics background um literally as soon as i could crawl i was doing daria um and eventually throughout life um i became a dancer i loved dancing throughout secondary school and i joined a a professional company um, and I ended up actually doing musical theatre for a very long time so I'm quite like out there loving doing the tricks just like you do <laughs> um, and eventually I got to a point where I went to university and I studied dance and musical theatre and afterwards the pandemic hit quite hard um, luckily I got to finish my degree and then I went into um, life coaching, which I found um, about a year ago. Um, I also got into yoga and meditation and all those kind of things like that um, and kind of just pushed them all together. Um, yeah, so quite a lot, but that's it in a very... Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. That's a good summary, to be honest. And it, it brings us to... A like a good point today because that that was very quickly done I mean if I'm ever asked to talk about myself it takes me a lot longer than that (laughs) because I'm not as nice and concise as you are but yeah no that's cool I think um the interesting part from that is that going from a place of having one set out path in your mind in your life as to like where you thought you were going to then within a few months really switching up your direction and the you know basically how that has made you feel so I know you went to uni with the intention of you know studying performing arts that was the degree you did right yeah 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 and like what what was your initial intention like this question will make sense once you've answered it but what was your initial intention going into uni like in the first place yeah so um I started like full performing arts um two years prior to uh university and when I got there it was kind of like I want to be a dancer so I wanted to do dance primarily Um, But to be a dancer, you had to learn how to sing and act and all the other things. Um, So I got put into a performing arts school, which was the most amazing time of my life for two years. And they wanted to push me to go to dance schools. So eventually I went into a dance school, but it was also a musical theatre school. So you have to do all of them, um, they say. And I started um, when I was first when I first went to uni my intention was like oh I want to do this because I want to become a dancer I want to be the best like I want to do this and And then as soon as I got to university I was like hit hard with like there are so many people out there that are at your level or so much better than you and it was kind of like Mm. a really hard realization to be like whoa you're not the best like you're the best maybe in your 
district or whatever you call it. Best of a small bunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but once you get hit with the reality of like, there is a lot of people that are on your level or much better. It was kind of like, whoa, okay, was I doing this just because I was the best at it somewhere where it was so small? Or am I doing this actually because like that was the true moment where I was like, do you actually love this? And will you do anything for this? Or are you there just because you were the best at it and you loved showing off like to your family and friends that you were the best? (laughs) That's really interesting. Yeah. That's like, that's a funny perspective. So when you first were getting into it, I mean, obviously you're, I know, I know you pretty well. Like I know how you are not an ego driven person. Like I can't really imagine you thinking of yourself in a way of like, oh, you know, I'm just doing this for the fun, mm-hmm. fun of it. But I think we all, we all want to do things that make us feel good and that make us happy and content to say like, oh, look, I'm pretty good at this, you know, especially compared to other people. But going into a big, you know, new chapter of your life, discovering that all of these other people were also incredibly talented. Like, did that make you reevaluate your thoughts as to what you were trying to get as out of it as the end goal yeah well I think the thing was when I was like when I was in lessons and everything I was like comparing myself all the time to everybody else and what I didn't realize is I was doing dance because I loved it it was like my freedom my expression and when I was in a hard place at secondary school it was like my place where I would go to to be like this was my place to be free and not think about all the horrible things that were going on in life. And when I got to uni, it was more of like, okay, this is your job now. This is a job where you earn money. You have to be good at it. It was a completely different intention of why you were doing it. And I think that was the reason why I was like, okay, do I want the thing that I love to do that brings me freedom to also bring me so much, so many issues of oh, am I going to be financially okay with this? Am I going to, am I willing to suffer so much for something that I love so much? And it was one of those like hard conversations, which I sat, I was with myself for three years thinking, do I want to do this? Do I want to do this? Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's, that is like pretty fascinating. I think it's, I mean, it's amazing in life to have so many passions that you have Mm. a problem picking the best one. Like, which one do I get paid for? (laughs) Like, that's a good, it's a good problem to have. But at the same time, it is a problem, you know, nonetheless, because it doesn't matter how, how blessed you may be to have all these interests and passions and skills that you're you know, amazing at. But if you, you know, pursue the wrong path or you in your head, it's like the wrong path. You go down a route that maybe is going to le- leave you to a point where you're going to be resenting that thing. Then you don't. Then that's like quite a troubling thought because if there's something that you've enjoyed for all of your life and suddenly you're thinking, okay, now there's pressure attached to this, there's like responsibility to bring in and pay the bills or whatever it might be. Yeah. Is that like that's where you're going with that, right? Like that kind of fear of maybe that passion passion becoming something that you don't love so more because it turns into your job. Yeah, because it suddenly was it was like I'm doing everything that everybody else wants me to do rather than, okay, this is my time to escape from my freedom. It's like I'm sure it's the same with you with calisthenics like you absolutely love it and when you're doing it you feel so free but when you're told to do it in a specific way all the time you're like oh gosh like I I I miss that freedom and now I dance all the time since I've been away I'm like oh let's go like I'm ready to yeah like do it yeah like when you don't have to do it when you don't have to do it you love it yeah um that's cool no that's a that's a cool way to look at it I think yeah I mean do did you feel at any point that and this question came up when you were answering the last one. Did you feel at any point that 
along your journey of getting into dance, studying at uni, going to performing arts school, you know, everything you've done in it, was it always from a place of you wanting to do it or did you get to a point where there was pressure either because of the nature of the industry or nature like pressure of anyone around you to keep going like is that a thing that you felt you had to deal with yeah I think it was I think it was everything um to be honest I think it was like I wanted to do it as well as people around me were like yeah you need to do this like one of the most pivotal pivotal points was when a teacher came up to me and was like you know you need to do this and I was like oh yeah I do and like it was everyone around me that was influencing me to do it as well as myself Mm. being like yeah I'm really good at this it was like all of it and then when I sat back and realized like I did this whole you know what are my passions what what am I good at and like answering all these different questions it was like okay I'm passionate about this but I'm not like at the top level of it so I'm happy and happy to be in it but there's something else that I know that I'm more passionate at and I'm also better at as well do you know yeah yeah it's hard though it's really hard yeah and like I said it's a good problem to have but when you're in in that moment where you're enjoying something in life whether that's a discipline you're doing I think quite often we don't I mean like you and I analyze everything like to it to a crazy level which I think is cool because it allows you to optimize your life in many ways and like become like somewhat of a high performer and move forwards quickly but it can also leave you and that's just down to the personality type but it can also leave you feeling like a bit deflated if you're trying to do so much at once Mm -hmm. I think to then be able to step back and say oh like what what am I doing this for is this for people around me that not many people can look at their life in that I don't know if the word's introspective way, but like, yeah, in, in a way that's kind of from a third person point of view to analyze it. And that kind of brings us on to the topics of, you know, everything that we work together with now, like the whole mindset coaching and this, this work where we start looking into people's lives and saying, okay, well, what are you actually doing right now? Is this serving you? What are the reasons? And when you take that step back, it does like really change everything. So when, when was the first time that you started getting into, and I don't even know how to describe it, like the terms of <laughs> the, what what we do really, but when did you first start getting into more like reflective exercises like meditation and other practices like that that helped you like think outside the box about what you're doing in life? Yeah, I think I think everyone has always done a form of like meditation, whether that's through like dance or painting or art or football or sport. But um, yeah. yeah, it's like a different version of it. But um, I think... I think it started mostly from when I started my performing arts journey. I went to an amazing school. It was like incredible. There was only like eight or 10 of us in a class. And we had this little lesson called soul food where you'd feed the soul. (laughs) And we would literally sit there and, you know, you'd talk about who you are or you talk about the things you're going through or you talk, you would do a personality test or you do like all these little things to kind of work out who you are and I think a lot of people don't do that um and maybe they do do that but in a very small significant way um but yeah having those tiny little steps from the age of like 16 onwards I think was the real start to my journey because it was like it was starting to question everything it was seeing different perspectives it was you know we would write letters to our ourselves or our past or our future of what we wanted and um I think they're such powerful tools like and they were just one thing a week 
like that we did for an, for an yeah. hour, if that and like I think that r- was such a pivotal point of like this is who you are and you're developing yourself and understanding who you are before everything else um, yeah that's that's cool which Okay. It's cool how like the those practices from performing arts transfer so well into mm. like what a lot of people really struggle with, which is kind of figuring out their purpose and learning to think outside of their day to day, which essentially is like being a bit more, you know, conscious of wider issues in the earth and like what what our mind is really doing yeah. and, you know, getting out of the simu- simulation of like day to day decisions we make. I think a lot of the time when we feel stress or anxiety like all many other emotions that are power that are as powerful as them it's usually because we get caught up in the day-to-day of something triggering us or something making us think in a certain way or a reaction mm-hmm. but the the interesting perspective you've had from like performing arts is obviously when you learn to be another character on stage or in front of the camera or whatever that is I guess you must have learned so many techniques about the mind because you're having to learn to be someone you're not and then it maybe leaves you questioning like who you really are. Did you find that? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think I've talked to you about this before, but about Jim yeah. Perry when he did the Truman Show and the Andy... Oh, I can't remember. The Andy Kaufman thing, yeah. Yeah, becoming... Um... Well, I know what it is anyway. The Andy Kaufman thing. Yeah, and <laughs> it's crazy how like in acting that they have different methods of how to act. And the one that um, Jim Carrey was doing, oh, sorry, sorry, well, um, he, was, <laughs> he was doing um, method acting. So you would like put, you would, you would fully take in that role. So say you were a homeless person, you would go and be homeless for a week, like, and you would go and live on the streets and you would act like them, you'd try to be them. And what he realized was like, whoa, I don't remember who Jim Carrey was because he had invested himself in so much, mm. that Andy guy. And it's just, I think acting really taught me like number one confidence where your boundaries are like you think you're going far enough in life but actually you can like take the next level like I remember a class where I was going around and I was saying these words and they were like okay we don't believe you keep going and they were like what do you want like keep going keep going and I remember I must have done it about eight or nine times and like the ninth time I did it when everybody started crying, I was like, oh, okay, it's there. Like, it takes a while to, like, yeah. find what you want. And I think... That's yeah, mad. Yeah. I don't know. Stepping out your box and, like, understanding there's not just one way to do things. Like, you've got to, you've got to try different tactics in life to get the thing that you need. I don't know. Yeah, there's literally so much more than people see on the surface as well. Like, I yeah. I was never, obviously, anywhere near, you know, what, what you've done when it comes to performing arts and acting, but... My favourite subject at school was drama, believe it or not. Like, I was the quietest boy at school, right? So quiet. Like, I had, had quite a few friends, but I was, like, the quiet one who was just kind of smiling in the background, really short boy, just doing nothing. And um, I, the reason, right, this, the funny thing is I chose drama at school for GCSEs because I, I had this dream of being a stuntman because I just loved tricks and stunts. I wanted to be like Jackie Chan from when I was, like, 10. And I saw... I saw all these stuntmen. I thought, well, you have to be kind of an actor to do that. So, so I thought, well, I'll study drama. And then I almost did it at A level, but I didn't. But I did perform in various school productions and like at a real low level. But even that, I found from performing in the school play and then getting off stage, getting down and having friends of mine that had never heard me speak say, "Wow, who, like, who were you on that stage? Like that, that just wasn't anything I've seen before. You're so funny. Like 
how do you do all of those things in your body with absolute confidence yeah. and it's funny because looking back now like when I compete in calisthenics I have zero fear because of I feel like my practice in the past performing in other ways it's really funny how that transfers but there's so much you can unlock when you start going crazy with exploring different personalities and yeah. maybe it gives you a chance to like test things out like yeah, because yeah. it's not real life yeah yeah it's amazing and it, they also talk I remember one class talking about like emotion like you don't have to actually feel sad to act sad and it's almost like you know if you're in life genuinely just sad like with slouching over your shoulders or whatever if you just get into that posture of like opening your shoulders and they call it the superhero posture I don't know yeah, yeah. um and if you just go into that posture and you just like smile and you just pretend to be happy like if you can do that in acting then you can do that in normal life and I started to like yeah. link these things together and I was like whoa like acting is really useful everyone should do it <laughs> it's so true it just like teaches you to play the game of life like yeah. it's so I think I I haven't come at life from a perspective of an acting background obviously or performing background but I've as as the years have gone on in my life and I've learned that it's actually okay to be your true self and just experiment with life and that mm -hmm. you can actually make life quite a lot of a game like it sounds stupid but you can just go into social situations and be a completely different version of you than you were yesterday right. and people will either like you or they'll hate you but if you don't know them already then you may as well you know be a version of yourself that you want to be yeah. and when you start doing that like I've always been envious like when I was younger I was always envious of dancers and performers because I thought how could you be like I went I remember watching Billy Elliot the musical in, in the West End in London and I, I went back and I watched it three times oh. within the space of a year because I loved it so much and it was I was watching the ballet in it mm. and it was so random I, I don't know what it was but I just loved the fact that these guys were just so amazing and I'm not gonna lie this one part where the main character did like a wall flip and back flipped over a person or something like that was my coolest part of the show yeah but I was watching the ballet just thinking damn these performers are incredible yeah you know I, I want to reach that level of skill or you know just get as disciplined as they are to do what they're doing physically I thought that was amazing but what I think I was probably looking at more was their confidence mm -hmm. knowing that I'm watching some people that this isn't who they truly are obviously they're just actors but there are some real people behind that and they're putting on this persona of something that's really impressive. Yeah. And you can take that into everyday life and you can be just whoever you want to be. And so many people are stuck in fear and they don't want to do that. But it's amazing like what you've learned from that world of acting and performing. I would definitely even say, like you just said about the fear thing, um, having to get up and sing in front of people when you've never had a singing lesson before was probably the scariest, most uncomfortable, most horrible time of my whole entire life <laughs> <laughs> I bet but five years of sitting there and saying right fuck it I've just got to get up and sing even if I don't want to even if I hate this even if I just want the ground to swallow me up even if I cry and I just sound awful it's fine I just gotta do it you get up and you go and they say okay this was wrong this was wrong this was okay and then you go and sit down and then the day ends and you're like whoa don't even remember it happening like that relates to yeah. life like you realize the little things that you're scared to do you're just like if I just do it and get it done with it, it will be over and you'll be like oh it wasn't actually as bad as I thought it was gonna be yeah and you can make so many so many moments like that yeah and some of them can be like amazing moments like I remember 
my first ever song, it must have been my second year of uni where I got up and sung and I was like, well, I actually sounded pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and it fills you with confidence. Yeah, four years of being an absolute, like, just wanting to die from it. And you hit that <laughs> four years later, you're like, oh, that sounded okay, actually. Like, well done. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I think it's also really, like, it's super powerful to know that you're actually good at something. And that, that's not from a place of ego, but unless you really believe in your heart that you are like, we all need that approval from others. We all need something. And if you can feel like, obviously the journey of sucking at the the discipline you're trying to work on mm. is really tough at first. But then when you're, when you get good at that and you hear other people saying, Hey, like that was actually a great solo in, in your case, or that was an amazing performance in dance or calisthenics or whatever. Yeah. It does fill you with, you, you don't want to let it go too far, yeah. but you can allow that to be the best tool possible to motivate you to get better yeah. and not take it to your ego. Like I've achieved something, so now I want to achieve the next next kind of thing. Yeah, and you just keep levelling up. But you do. we all need that approval. Like I'd be lying if I said it doesn't feel good if I get X amount of you know people commenting on a post of mine or like saying to me in person, wow, that's a cool trick. Like, yeah, it feels good. But you just, yeah. you want to not let it go too far. Yeah, because if everybody said, oh, that's rubbish, then you just, you'd eventually be like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all need approval. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you know me pretty well. I need, on days when I'm feeling not so motivated, like I need people to tell me, you know, you in many cases, oh yeah, you know, you're, you're doing well, this is what we're doing, blah, 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 we're moving forwards in this way. Mm-hmm. We all need it. And I think unless, unless you have people in your life to pick you up, like it, it's so important. But equally, if you're not picking others up, and you're not willing to say to people when they haven't even asked for it, hey, you've done really well here, and just give them those compliments for no reason, then you're never really going to get that back. Yeah. Whatever you give out, you get back. So if you give out yeah. kindness, you receive it back. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, life is like a mirror. Yes. You just get whatever you give. <laughs> no, it, it is true. It is true. I mean, there there are like so many teachings that funny thing is in in the pretty short time we've known each other, we haven't really spoken that much about like all the performing arts stuff you've done, what that's taught you. But I can just tell, I mean, we didn't know each other for very long before we started working together and you started helping me out with everything that we do. Mm. And I I knew immediately from meeting with you for like 10 minutes, half an hour at most on a Zoom call that from everything you had said, in your background of what you've done in performing arts and stuff that would give you such a baseline of confidence and because I I think that that's such an amazing thing to do and obviously you've also had this amazing experience in gymnastics which just lends so well to the context in calisthenics too it's yeah it's awesome thank you yeah yeah it's cool with such people where it's like okay I've seen this now I'm gonna go do it and I'm gonna do it and it's good otherwise you know I'm gonna have to do it that's my yeah I think like it's, it's we can pick things up pretty quickly and I it's hard because some people I think need more motivation than others externally from others saying no you go ahead you go try that but but maybe from what you've learned in your few years of performing arts and gymnastics and everything it's taught you that you can achieve something if you put your mind to it but also, do you think that has allowed you to like move forwards quicker in life because of your past experiences there? Yeah, I definitely think the discipline of gymnastics makes you because gymnastics is tough. It's not just you go and you do a flip and you do a happy dance and you go home. It's like you train four hours every day of every week, and you don't see friends. Yeah. You don't like the amount of discipline you have at gymnastics is tough, 
And if you can go through that, you pretty much, and if you can throw yourself over a vault and do a backflip, like you're pretty much like, oh, okay, I can go up to that shop counter and say, can I have a biscuit? Like it's, (laughs) I don't know where I was going with that. No, I I get you. I remember being so young. This is so random. I remember being about 10 years old and my mum said to me, I was probably younger than that, not going to lie. But my mum said to me, hey, Connor, can you go pay for these things? And it was the first time she'd ever asked me to pay for something at the shop. I remember turning around and looking at her like, mum, there's no way I can talk to a stranger. Like, how can I possibly do that? And now I'm the weirdo who starts checking out on food and I and I ask them what, what they think of the food I've got, if they've ever tried these vegan sandwiches I'm buying or whatever it is. And I just crack jokes and it's weird how your confidence can just completely change literally like my confidence as a kid was hilarious like my mum always talks about a time where I was doing a dance um some people came in to do a workshop and I was at the front like giving full pelt and all the other kids were like wandering about like looking up and down and I was there like fully fully like thrust <laughs> and my teachers were just crying at me and it just must have been because of the gymnastics like it must have put me in a place where it was like oh if you can do this you can pretty much do anything but yeah that it goes like as soon as I stopped gymnastics like I became I became scared like I was like oh I can't go and talk to the t- typical teenager like, I can't talk to boys. Mm. I can't, you know, call a doctor and tell them that I've got this issue. Like, yeah, there was fear after dropping gymnastics. And I think that kind of showed. But um, I think it was kind of, OK, this is the ego being taken away now. And like, yeah. find yourself. It's, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, I get you. That That is. I was going to ask, like, and that, that brings on to the next point quite nicely, because I was going to say about if you haven't done those things earlier in your life, or maybe you're not even doing them now, you're not a trained dancer, or you're not a trained gymnast. Yeah. You know, people are going to be sat here listening, thinking either relating to that, saying, yes, absolutely, that gave me confidence, like some of the, my experiences I just shared. But then equally, there are going to be people sat thinking, well, I never did any of those things. Like, I'm still maybe in my shell now. I don't really feel like I'm as confident as I want to be. Like, how can I find that? And, you know, without having to go and train as a performing art in a performing arts school or become a gymnast all these other things like what what would you say to somebody who's wanting to like gain confidence gain clarity on what they really want without those disciplines how how do you do that in your day-to-day now yeah well obviously everybody's different so it depends on the person but I think the main thing is doing little things that make you uncomfortable every day so even if that's you know say like a fear say you're at a shop and your biggest fear is saying how are you to the the person on the counter or whatever it's doing like one little thing every day so saying how are you or you know buying someone buying saying hi to a stranger or doing something that like in your mind is is like it's scary don't do like the biggest fear thing like don't go and hold a snake if you're terrified of snakes but like see if you can watch a one minute documentary about a really nice snake or something I don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah I get you but yeah do like little things out of your comfort zone I think definitely yeah just drip feeding these things into your life to start making you comfortable with what was once yeah. kind of completely out of your remit of what you could possibly fathom doing yeah and also maybe even like see if you've got a friend or a family member that will that will do these things with you and make them fun like don't feel like oh I have to go and do this today just be like okay I dare you friend to go and do this and I I'll go and do this and let's yeah make it fun rather than yeah 
And then you're getting that accountability as well. And I think with when you're trying to make a big shift in life, no matter where it is, if you have somebody or a group of people there mm. to either help you along the road who have done it before you yeah. or are wanting to make those same changes as you, it's so powerful to have people by your side holding your hand to say, yeah. you know, let's get through this part together. And then once you've perfected it and you've got over that initial fear or whatever it might be, then you can go off on your own and do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely important having that accountability, I think. I mean, have you have you had people in your life over the past few years to, to help you in that way? Or would you say that you've been fairly independent in lots of these shifts in consciousness you've made and your confidence? Yeah, well, I think. <laughs> so I've always been, obviously, like before, kind of like the no fear level. So yeah. no matter what situation was kind of in, whether it was being with friends or with family, it would always be like, oh, Grace, can you do this? Because like you'll do it and it was always like yeah we know you'll do it so just do it and the fact in my head I would be like oh my gosh I don't want to do that that's awful that's horrible like I'm so scared what the hell mm. and then I'd just be like okay everybody wants me to do it they say I can do it so I'll just yeah. do it <laughs> but everyone else's standard was like you're the one in the friendship group who's confident or can do this or that so you're just the one who's pushed to do it yeah yeah and then I do it and I'll be like oh it actually wasn't that bad and they were like oh it wasn't that bad like I'll do it next time and it's just yeah, it's one of the, yeah. it's kind of, I was forced, but I also, it's being forced. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's good though. That, I think that's cool. And look, everyone, like you said, everyone comes into these things in a different starting point. They have different things. I mean, I was always the guy at school that was like, oh, Connor can do a backflip. And I was, I could do a backflip in front of a group of people at school and everyone would be like, wow. And they clap, but I wouldn't then be able to talk to those same girls that were like, smiling at the fact I did a backflip it was so weird like confidence is such a funky thing like there was some areas of my life that I was absolutely not scared to do stunts and tricks and that was like my outlet yeah but I couldn't talk to people like a normal human and just stand up in a class and make everyone laugh because that was way too much for me (laughs) I think the truth is everybody's terrified like everybody is so scared but it's just going okay if I do this what could happen is it the worst thing in the world or okay, if I do this, what, what is the absolute worst thing and what is the absolute best thing can, that can happen? And most of the yeah. things are so small. They're like, you know, if I just book that appointment, the worst thing that could happen is I get told I have this, but also the best thing that happens is I get told that I'm absolutely fine. Um, mm. And it's, yeah, I think it's kind of assessing the situation. Is it really as bad as you make it in your mind or is it, um, or is it just, you know thoughts that you think yeah no I I feel that and I think what you said about everyone is scared I agree we're all living in a state of like perpetual fear masked by the ego or masked by these things that we do every single day to prove that we're not scared whether that's like telling people we've got nice things or a nice car or lots of money or you know people hide their fear in lots of ways and I'm not saying everyone is stuck in the state of fear but everyone has some level of insecurity or fear and that's fine and when you start identifying with that and saying yeah I am pretty scared of this or I'm fearful of this even if it's just telling yourself you don't have to broadcast that on social media or tell all your closest friends and family yeah I think to be able to know in your heart that you are vulnerable in certain ways and you know what you need to work on to change that is so powerful and I know that's the topic that you like to talk about a lot you know vulnerability and you know all of this kind of thing and how have you found that that topic of being vulnerable in that area of your life has changed how you view things 
Yeah, vulnerability is probably one of the hardest things you will ever have to do in your life. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it was for me, like being open and talking about how you actually feel rather than this persona of, like I found this a lot at university where you'd be like, especially you're performing arts, it's eight until eight pretty much every day. Like it's tiring stuff and you'd get there and you'd have to be performing. You'd have to be this persona of, I'm ready, I'm confident, I'm listening to everything you say in every single class. Yeah. Um, I've lost where we're going. What were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I mean, like, we're just talking about, you know, you being a performing, performing all day and being ready all the time, you know? Yeah. So, like, vulnerability, I think the the state where you, you can, like, sit with people or even by yourself and to say, okay, this is how I'm truly feeling how am I going to action this? Like in my second year of uni, there was a point where I had concussion and I was out for pretty much six weeks. And I remember just sitting with myself and being like, this is where you are. You can't go anywhere because you're in so much pain. You've got to sit here and deal with these horrible feelings. And Mm. you've got to be honest with people and you've got to talk this out rather than just avoid everything because you, you can't, like you literally can't. And that was the moment where I went and saw my school counsellor and I talked to her and she was like, whoa, why have you not spoken to anyone before? Like, yeah. And that was the moment where I was like, okay, I've got someone that can help me to deal with this. And all these people around me started opening up saying they felt the exact same. Like we would talk about how we were feeling so under pressure and to do this and that and this. And then suddenly I had this group around me where it was like, okay, I'm feeling overwhelmed now. And it wasn't like, I'm the most overwhelmed. It was like, I feel the same as you and that's all you need. Um, yeah, that's cool. But vulnerability... That's nice that you got to a place where like you brought other people to you to like share in what you're going through. Yeah, don't get me wrong, it's it's hard. Like it's not an easy thing to do. And it's, it's even harder when you don't want to recognise it yourself. Like I remember the first two weeks, I was like, I'm fine. I don't need to talk to anyone. I'll, I'll figure this out, especially with the mindset that I kind of have. It's like, okay, just get it done. Like, just do this, get over yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's kind of hard to talk to people about it. But after time talking to yourself and accepting it yourself, even if you don't have to fully accept it yourself, but taking that next step to, okay, this is where I am and I I need to share this with somebody else, even if it's something so little, like, um, I I don't like to do this and talking to a friend and then a friend might be like, oh, that's fine, I'll do it for you. Like, that's okay. Like having that supported, supportive network or friends or family is definitely one of the things where once you start to open up to it, you will, you realise life can be so much easier than then you make yeah like and you just need a change in perspective and yeah. it's really hard when we get in our own heads about any given topic that we might be anxious about or might be nervous about or where we're comparing ourselves to others or yeah. just not feeling content in an area but as soon as you've started breaking down those walls of talking about something once it's easier to talk about it the second time exactly. and to come to terms with the fact that you're not going to be able to do it on your own and it's fine to confide in friends or therapists or counsellors or coaches whoever that might be it's it's just so so much of a must I think to have support externally to you like we all we all have those any any high performer anyone in that you are probably idolizing right now in the news as celebrity or whatever they I will guarantee to you they will have coaches they'll have therapists 
I know so many people who are in very prestigious places that you would not have any idea the support network they they have behind them. And the only reason they're doing so well is because they have those support networks and they are okay with talking about their mental health and these kind of issues. Yeah. And especially in a time like this as well, with the um, pandemic and everything, it's it's especially important, I think, to have that that place to talk to, whether it's a free counselling thing online or your friend or uh, a family member or even a neighbour, um, to have a kind of little outlet to. I think that's really, really important because we're going through something we've never been through before and no one knows how to handle it and how to... Yeah um yeah and it's about talking to the right people about it I think um yeah that's a good point honestly and talking to the right people I know you probably didn't even mean this but when you when you said that my thought is that often we think we're talking to the right person because they're maybe the closest person to us Mm -hmm. or they're a long-term friend family member whatever but like you have to break it to yourself that not the people the people in your life right now don't necessarily have the best pieces of advice to be taken and I'm not saying you can't be open to everyone around you you absolutely can but it's it's imperative to find others as well so you have a difference in the opinion because I think often people can get stuck in a circle and they don't even realize how much they're being brought down by that circle and they can be the loveliest people who are really not wanting that to be the case but you have to find people outside of your immediate circle too to help level you up because if you're talking to somebody who's not where you want to be then they're not going to help you get where you want to be you have to talk to people who are in a position that you either want to move to or that you want to take some knowledge from and you can you can have them as well as having your family members that you love in your life but having both is really important I think yeah you're so right and I think that's the kind of intention I love behind it it's it's having that having that friend that you go to and when when you give them when you're vulnerable to someone if you feel bad after it it's probably saying you know this isn't good for you this this thing this advice that you've been given is probably not the thing you're needing to hear if you feel bad after it but if you give if you're vulnerable to someone and they make you feel better afterwards that's that's a clear signal that these people are they're trying to bring you up and they're giving you advice that you need and that's not to say the ones that give you the bad advice shouldn't be your friends it's just the ones that you know you should find the right place to be able to have that outlet to to make you feel better and then you can live your life um with meaning and like feeling fulfilled rather than like oh I told this exact person like I find this especially when someone's in a relationship and all they tell is their boyfriend or girlfriend or who they're And they tell every everything to them, and um, and they suddenly give them advice, and they're like, "Oh, I didn't like that advice they gave me. Like, should I be with them?" And it's like, "No, they're there." Yeah, that was just one piece of advice. Yeah. Um. So yeah. <laughs> I agree with that, and that's something like we talk about a lot in our coaching as well, isn't it? Obviously, with, with our clients. I mean, we we speak about how it's so important to have multiple people in your life because you can have the most amazing, supportive, loving partner in the world, mm-hmm. but if you choose to overload every single one of your earthly problems on them, there's going to come a point where after years and years and years, like they're going to resent that and you're going to resent it when they do that to you. So, you know, relationships aside, like you have to learn to segment different people in your life for different things. And that doesn't mean that you're using people you're friends with. It's just intentionally talking to people about certain things. I've got so many random interests in my life and I've got groups of people who I absolutely love sitting down and talking to about, 
freestyle calisthenics and then about old classic cars and then about you know the more spiritual side of life but those groups just they don't mix i mean sometimes they do but you have to have different people in your life for different things it's it's so powerful i I definitely agree with that with the relationship thing it's like me coming to you and be like oh connor this musical is so good you'd be like okay (laughs) yeah i'm not gonna vibe with that i don't i don't know what's what (laughs) my musical theater friends like have you seen this they're gonna be like oh my gosh yes like so yeah i'll give you the reaction you want yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and i think it's it's cool to notice that because often i feel that i started doing that at a young age in life without noticing because i did have different interests I'm sure you did I mean I went externally outside of school to do gymnastics and then when I was like 17 18 I started restoring old old cars and I got into a big friendship group who were just basically mechanics or people that were loved building project cars like and then I got into the car scene and then I realized oh maybe this that's kind of not my thing and I flipped the switch and went back into calisthenics and there are so many different parts of our personalities that we often forget about but it's it's cool to have groups of people in different areas. And if you don't have them, they will come. I think if you're listening to this thinking, okay, how am I going to find those people? Like, it sounds great that these guys have so many friends and all these things. But it's not, it's not about, like, how many people you know or who you know. Yeah. It's just intentionally surrounding yourself with people that are supporting you yeah. in any given area of your life. And those things will just come as a byproduct. You don't need to go searching for them. Yeah. If you're doing things that other people will connect with and will enjoy, and if you're open with them and you're you're not hiding anything to yourself, then those other people will just naturally come into your life. Yeah, absolutely. And it's almost like, um, like with veganism, when I first went vegan, I had a housemate, luckily, who was vegan and a sister, but I didn't really have much many other people that were plant-based. And I remember yeah. just thinking, oh, I could just join a Facebook group and that's got you know, that could be an outlet where I can ask questions about this and that. And they don't actually have to be real people that you talk to these interesting yeah. people as well. You can find groups on Facebook. There's so many groups on Facebook now where you could talk to people about, I'm sure you've got like car Facebook groups. like Oh, yeah. Like callous. Yeah, 100%. Groups. 100%. I mean, people always congregate together. Like people of a shared interest always congregate together. The other day, like my car broke down and the first thing I did was I, I just dropped a message on this forum on Facebook, which is an owner's group of the exact car I have. And within five minutes, I fixed it myself, didn't have to call the AA and just drove home. Yeah, but like, there's no way if I just put that on my Instagram story that a single person probably would have known because I wasn't asking in the right place. Yeah. So I think it's so imperative to know who you're talking to. And like, like you said, quite rightly, go find those people. If you don't know anyone in your life who's vegan and you're really interested in a plant-based diet then find people who are already doing it and just start making connections with them and follow their content talk to them and it's just the best way to be I think you can bring in the people you want into your life if you go after it and you start doing the same things they're doing like I never would have thought I would be friends with some of the awesome people I am now in the calisthenics scene two years ago when I was just looking at them on social media but I've got so many close friends now who are in, in awesome positions and that's only because I was obsessed with the sport. I really wanted to go after it. And I just put myself in the place where others are. So I went traveling and we went to the events others were at. And then just friendships are naturally formed then. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a cool way of, of living the, the game of life. Yeah. And with that, I was just thinking that I think often we're so afraid of like being the beginner or being the one that's just starting. And I think it's so like amazing to be so vulnerable going into something like calisthenics for me with you. 
I was so like, oh, I've never tried that. I remember the first time we met and I banged my chest so hard against the bar. <laughs> I literally wounded myself so much that like, I went dizzy and I thought I was going to throw up. And I was like, oh my gosh, calisthenics isn't for me. Um, but I think taking that step and just saying hi to someone, like if you like the gym, go to the gym, just say hi to someone. Oh, um, yeah. your workout's pretty sick. Like, how did you get into it and stuff? You can make friends just like that if you just, pop yourself out of that comfort zone. yeah it is hard I agree. don't get me wrong but once you start to do it you're like wow why did I never do this before and now I've got gym down the gym <laughs> that I'm talking yeah. to all the time yeah it, it, it becomes easy and like after a while I found that I had this massive barrier in my head that it was going to be hard to form relationships and talk to people that I wanted to talk to but the way I found I've done it and this might be weird but so I've always been in like long-term relationships, like for the last few years of my life, I've always basically had a partner mm. and in a weird way, like that's kind of given me a superpower that I, I know in my heart, like I'm genuinely not going into any conversation with a guy or a girl looking with an intent of anything sexual or going down the route of a relationship. Like genuinely, I know there's nothing there other than me trying to form a friendship. Yeah. And I think people, they, they do that in a weird way, like there's this stigma around guys talking to girls or girls talking to guys or, you know, whatever. And they, there's always like some kind of prerequisite that, oh, you must want something out of this relationship. Whereas I've always known in my heart, if I go up and talk to somebody, it's, it is for a genuine reason of not wanting an intent of, I don't know, you know, relationship or whatever. It's, it's just a form of friendship. It's just to expand my network and just enjoy life. And I think if you take that kind of thought into the relationships you're building without expecting anything in return and like the relationship example is just a small one but I think it's a valid one too because so often we we only really want to talk to somebody if we're going to get something in return and like it's also okay to just form a connection for the sake of like human connections are pretty great like even having this conversation now it makes you feel good it makes you feel nice because you're talking to somebody else who's on your level yeah. and it's so important to connect with other people like that do you know what I mean yeah I think it's a hard one though because I think there's a lot of deep-rooted issues through society but from like media and everything else that we condition our brain to think that we need to find love so it's the number one issue of, of yeah you know the only reason I'm going to talk to you is because I need to find love because it's a whole stereotype of you need to do this. Um, and it's like out of a, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but it's just such a deep thing that's rooted in, uh, into us. I think. Yeah. Like, I no, I get you. Love. I get you. That's actually a really nice reflection of like what I said, because that, yeah. that's a good alternative opinion that I, I do also agree with that. I obviously like haven't had to. Yeah face if you know what I mean like because of what I said being in relationships and all these things like I haven't had to face those issues where like they are obviously yeah it's not that simple you know yeah no definitely I think it's really hard I think um I think it's one of those where not everyone will always have the right intention but people can always learn to become friends or can learn to become I don't know it's hard to explain but yeah always you might have that initial intention, but start to get to know someone. But I always do believe that you should start to get to know someone from being a friend. Um, oh yeah, yeah. 100%. I think we see these stories of like, you see someone and you fall in love from love at first sight. And that's very rarely the case. So I think it's that, 
that thing of pushing past oh okay I'm gonna be your friend and then I'll find out about you and if I really like you then maybe I'll start doing something else but for now like let's just aim on being friends I don't know yeah yeah I think I think to be honest like this I mean this this little rabbit hole we're going down is is interesting though because like quite often if you if you approach any situation in life I mean we're talking so wholesomely here about like oh you know have nothing expect nothing in return but in reality like if you are talking to someone the fact of it is you want something and and if they're talking to you they want something it might just be friendship but it's either friendship for positioning like so they can be seen to be with you if you have a certain status or they have a certain status or like you said you're looking for love or you're looking for something else like there's always something deeper to what is actually there and you just have to be able to sit with yourself and analyze what is that that I'm looking for like why am I approaching this person in the gym is it just because I genuinely want to correct their deadlift form is it because I'm a guy with a very big ego trying to say that this girl who's like probably lifting pretty safely is uh you know it's just a good conversation star so I can try and get in her pants like (laughs) it's weird isn't it like it's weird what what kind of place these conversations come from but I think you can analyze it and when you're interested in psychology in the way we are like you I always see these things as like a game like you look at like what what was the real reason behind this you know yeah yeah I think it's also nice to have a clear intention like if you are going over to a girl to go and talk to them because you want to get in their pants then be clear with that um yeah so they can tell you to do one but I'm joking yeah like I was gonna say that never really works though you know if that is your intention but yeah I think being clear with intention is so important like hi I just genuinely want to get to know you because I've seen you across the room and you look really cool is a much better way of approaching it maybe if not yeah um but yeah it's it's hard to know an intention but if you're clear with it it can it makes the world a bit easier to understand, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. It's cool. I think we're going to have to do another podcast that's like talking about this topic because it's actually really interesting. And it, it's something that I've only really explored more like in depth in conversations with you. Yeah. Like I've thought about this stuff a lot, but it, what I find really nice is having like a mirroring, of, well, a flip side opinion of somebody who's quite similar to me but equally like you you pick up on things that I know I wouldn't necessarily yeah it wouldn't come to my mind yeah it's 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 really interesting yes it's good though to have a different perspective definitely like and yes my opinion is always going to be 100% right either someone else is going to have another um yeah everyone always has different opinions that's why I like the thing is with podcasts sometimes I mean I know like we're recording this conversation now we're having a nice and it's kind of like an interview format but what I feel that is the most interesting content for me I know when I listen to others is somewhat of a debate so yeah it's an interview and it's talking about life but actually one thing I love about you know this Joe Rogan who's like one of the most popular podcast hosts like in the world I mean he he talks about many many topics with inspirational people but he always interjects and says hey actually no I I I disagree with what you just said and then they go well no and it's a bit of a debate and I think it's it's interesting when you can show differencing opinions yeah absolutely and then you're like oh yeah that totally makes sense I never thought of that before yeah exactly it's cool but yeah look I think we will wrap it up here because it will be nice to go into these topics another time in more depth and we're already at you know a pretty decent time but you know I just want to say thank you for this little conversation today i'm sure you will come back many times to talk about other topics and probably co-host some future episodes 
into the future. But yeah, thanks for that, Grace. Okay, thank you very much for so we ended up talking about a lot of interesting topics really. I think Grace's perspective is super interesting and when it comes to the topics of vulnerability and being the person you really are, you know, she's a great person to talk to about this. I've found that since having Grace as part of my team, it's forced me to think about areas of my own personality that as um yeah maybe i'll say i have suppressed for a while not because i haven't been open to it but i think when you work as an entrepreneur on your own being a male i feel that my perspective sometimes you're on one side of the fence and it's, it's really really important to have that balanced view obviously people in my life you know they help me balance out my opinions that's why i think it's so imperative to have an amazing network around you of friends your loved ones and I'm always very thankful for these people around me who help share different perspectives so you, they get you thinking about different things. But yes, yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed that one. Obviously, if there's anything in this episode today that resonated with you or made you start thinking about yourself in a certain way, if you feel that you don't have anyone to talk to right now, you know, I know we spoke about bringing different friends in from different walks of life to talk to you about these issues. Look, we're here. I'm here feel free to drop me a message on Instagram. It's at Connor Tyson underscore PT. And look, we're here to talk. What we do in our business is both calisthenics coaching and mindset coaching too. So they're two completely separate things. But the reason we started working with clients doing the mind mindset coaching work is just because I found that through learning everything I've learned over the past few years of my life, there's lots of interesting challenges I've faced along the way and to help other people overcome those same challenges to invite new relationships into their life and just to be their most authentic self I've found so powerful so look if you need anything at all if you just need a friend if you need somebody to talk to about anything you're going through right now drop us a message we can always point you in the right direction of somebody else who will be able to serve you further or our own coaching so just wanted to put that out there to say we're here to talk grace's instagram is it's grace harper reason being that's her stage name when she performs so yeah i'll link her obviously in the show notes as well but as always guys if you've listened to this point i appreciate your attention and your precious time so so much because i know what it takes to dedicate to listening to a whole podcast so i appreciate that if you're enjoying the episode so far please just let me know like I said, drop me a message on Instagram. It really does mean a lot because I put a lot of time and energy into these conversations and it's something that I'm doing purely for the love of it because I just think it's really nice to share these things. So if you have any ideas on who you would like me to interview, any topics you would like me to discuss with Grace or with other guests, please just let me know. Like I said, Grace is a member of my team. We work closely every single day, so I'm sure she's going to pop on the podcast many times in the future, maybe even to co-host, as I mentioned before. But look, I'm going to let you guys go. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll speak to you next time. <laughs>